the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. For you. So this week, I want to talk to you about the artist Van Gogh. If you open the City Hill London app, we've got a notes section. You may want to do some journaling in there today. You may not want to. You may also want to steal one of the A3 prints today, which has a little bit of Van Gogh, information about Van Gogh on there. Obviously, the kids like Mello have nailed it with that beautiful, beautiful piece of art, which I'll totally be auctioned off on eBay if she doesn't take it with her. Um, so, wow. I call that a whole lot of blue. So, if you want to grab one of these, you'll be doing some drawing maybe as we go along or at the end if you want to. If you don't want to, you can just listen through. So, if you just open the City Hill London app and then straight away the menu button in the bottom right-hand corner and then the notes section at the top and then the sew-up. And that's kind of what we'll be going through today. So, the artist Van Gogh painted one passage of scripture, one story that Jesus told, one parable over 30 times throughout his time as an artist. He painted the sower 30 different times. He was obviously captivated by this piece. Now, Van Gogh was the son of a pastor, and at one point in his life, he actually sold everything he had before he was an artist to go and spend time on mission. So Van Gogh had like a really strong kind of faith background before he became a famous artist. There was something about this particular piece of work that really captivated him. So I thought as we're doing this series, as we're doing the, ex- the art exhibition, the gallery pop-up thing that we've been playing with, I thought it'd be cool to look at someone who actually had like a really strong faith. I mean, there's so many artists down the years because obviously that was kind of like such a key expression that was used for, for so, many, so often. But nowadays, I guess with church, we don't tend to do that too often. So I thought we'd kind of bring that back. Um, so he, he'd obviously been captivated by this by this particular piece. So I wanna, I wanna read it together. If you've got your Bibles, if you haven't, you can open the app, uh, Luke chapter eight. Luke chapter eight, I wanna read from the top. First one. Soon afterwards, he went through the cities and villages proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God and the 12 were with him and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out. Joanna, the wife of, wow, great name, like Chubba Charts with a Z. Herod's household manager and Susanna and many others who provided for them out of their means. So women have been bankrolling the whole mission since the beginning. And when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell among the path and was trampled underfoot and the birds of the air devoured it. I want to pause here just because one of my favorite ever moments in church. Totally unspiritual, but just such good church bands. I remember being in this church. Stevie knows it. Probably doesn't remember the service. There was like 900 people and there was this see-through bit of Perspex plastics on the roof. And the guy preaching was preaching one of the deadest sermons I've ever heard in my life. It was like spiritual abuse. It was that bad of a sermon. And 900 people were looking at the feet of this pigeon walking across the Perspex. And I'll never forget the preacher trying to get the crowd back by going, 
don't let the bird of the air steal away the seed that is the word of God. And I remember looking, everyone looked at him, then looked back at the pigeon. It was so great. It was like, he pulled them back in for a second. They were like, no way. Back to the pigeon. Do, 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 do. I mean, it was hilarious. I've never seen 900 people ignore a preacher to look at the feet of a pigeon ever in my life. It was like, wow, this Sunday is going to be remembered forever. By me, I'm not going to let it die. That Sunday lives on in my memory. So, some fell among the path, was trampled on the foot, and the birds in the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And then some fell on the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. And some fell on the soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him, what is this parable meant? He said, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they are in parables. So that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now this, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. The ones who along the path are those who have heard, then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so they may not believe and be saved. Wow, that really, really hit me. And I started thinking about, well, I think so often when, when people kind of read this passage, the attitude is, you either end up being one of these types of area that the seed falls on and there's literally nothing you can do about it. That's just how it is. I feel like he's talking about the way we engage with scripture, the way we engage with the word that God gives us, the way we engage with it, the way we respond to it. And when you read this particular one, you feel like, wow, that's a, that's a rough deal. And I think so often when we have the mentality of like, well, if that's what I am, that's what I am. Uh, then straight away, I think you become this seed anyway. I think you become this exact one. I think you become this type of ground where you just leave it there on the surface, God's word. You don't take pleasure in it, don't take time in it, don't take delight in it. You don't think it's worth anything. You don't think to store it away. You don't think to pull it away. So you see what happens when, you, when you're sowing the seed and when it goes into the soil is it becomes kind of hidden. It kind of falls in little gaps, little cracks. It kind of goes there so it's positioned for growth. But in this particular passage, it's, it's, on, the, it's on this. It's on stone and you can see it so visibly. And when it's left so visibly and so easily accessible, not to you, but to everyone else, that's when the devil, he says, or the demonic forces of this world are able to just take away that seed, take it away. And you know what the crazy thing is? It's like, well, how do you, how do you take that away? Well, I'm gonna suggest something. I'm gonna say that often things get taken away when you don't action something. So here's, here's, here's an example. So, not because someone says something in church, not because you read something in your Bible, not because someone shares an idea with you or a friend prays with you and says something, but when you have one of those moments when you read something and it becomes alive to you, like Revelation, you're just buzzing with excitement. You're like, whoa, this is amazing. Or when someone says something to you, you're like, oh my gosh, that's for me. That's a word for me. That's a word for me. Or when you're in church and someone says something and the talk and you're like, oh my gosh, that was for me. This Sunday, right here, right now, that was for me. And then what happens is you go away with it. You have no intention of activating it. You have no intention of actioning it. It's like you just leave it available to be taken away. And then what happens is, is, is you know enough about it in your head to be able to talk about it, to have dialogue about it, but it's not real to you anymore. Does anyone 
identify in any way with what I've just said. Does anyone get what I've said? I, uh, yeah? Yeah, yeah? No, hit and miss? Because you haven't gone away going, okay, well, they've talked about this particular aspect and now you're looking diligently or thinking with patience, well, how am I going to action this? Because that really spoke to me. Not just because something was said, but it hits you. But instead of burying it in the soil, instead of allowing it, you're just leaving it available and left there and it, it just gets wasted. It just, get, it just gets taken. It just gets taken because you don't ever really kind of embed it in. Now, the one who comes along the path, we've heard it, the devil comes and takes the word from their hearts so they may not believe and may not be saved. Um, I don't think living in fear, like, oh, I'm not going to be saved, I'm not going to be saved. But I think there's an element where actually the Bible says that we were saved for good works. So the idea is when you don't step out into that, you stop being a part of what it is. Not because um, over time, when you consistently um, push back, stay away from and avoid, you kind of render it null and void. So Luke 8 verse 13 and the ones on the rock are those who they hear the word they receive it with joy they're so excited about it at the beginning but these have no root they believe for a while and at time of testing fall away man i've got so many mates who like have been just absolutely buzzing about something and there's excitement gets you so far enthusiasm gets you so far but like it says there's, there's no root to it there hasn't been any like practical application. There's been no room created for it to, to flesh out, for it to get its, its roots down. There's no moisture to it. There's nothing feeding it. So it's just that thing in and of itself. So it's, it's kind of like saying like, it's not enough for you to kind of hear a word, to share a word, to experience a word, to have this moment of knowledge, of understanding. And when Jesus uses in this, in this passage the word understanding, it's like a, it, it, it's more than just kind of like a mental thing. It's something that become alive to the senses that you use every day. So like your five senses, those kind of things. Like it's something you feel out. It's something you connect with. It's something you engage with. It's something that you live out. It's not an idea. It's not an idea. It's gone beyond being just an idea. So the first passage where it talks about the, the seed going on the path being eaten by the birds, that's where something is an idea, it has the opportunity, but we never action it and then it's taken away. Now this time, it's like someone who's just excited about it, but you see enthusiasm and excitement. I don't know if you've done that, 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 that Christian roundabout where you've been a Christian long enough where you go to conferences like, and you get this huge buzz of excitement. How much has anyone ever achieved by a huge buzz of excitement? Like it's, it's gone within two weeks. You've heard some really exciting stuff and you're like, yeah, this is amazing. I had my hands up, I cried. My life's never gonna be the same. Two weeks later, it's exactly the same. Exactly. Like if you held pre-conference, after conference, up side by side, you wouldn't be one of those weight loss adverts. You wouldn't be looking going, oh my gosh, is it the same person? I don't know. You'd be like, that's exactly the same person. I'm not sure they've left. Had they even changed their clothes? Had they washed their laundry? I'm not convinced. You know what I mean? That's what it would be like. It doesn't make any difference. And so often we think like this whole excitement gig is, is what it's about. But one of the things Jesus consistently talks about, and I don't know how we've got to this place with Christianity today, where it's all ideas. And it's like, if you can sit around a table and converse and share the same theological ideas, something has been achieved in this world. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I, I'd rather get a shotgun and blow my brains out. Jesus, when he talks about faith, when he talks about believing, it's doing. Jesus never says something he doesn't do. He doesn't do anything or say anything he doesn't see his father say or do. 
It's about creating the opportunity with patience and diligence, receiving the word that God has, and then waiting for the opportunity and then actioning the opportunity. But so often we're just excited. And I've known guys who've literally organized their, their calendar for the year and they kind of place themselves, position themselves for these, these buzz experiences. And, and, and they've got these really great stories of how they experienced something and had a good time, but you can't see how anything gets fleshed out. You can't see how anything gets changed. And so when Jesus talks about God's word, God's word is a seed, but seed are not designed to just stay as they are, static. They're designed to grow. They're designed to flourish. They're designed to replicate. So when the plant's grown and it creates its own seed, you get more. Excitement on its own is not gonna do that. Hearing a word, not creating the space in your life, not just because you hear a word, but a word that creates excitement, a word that creates revelation, a word that creates that, oh my gosh, God is in this place, he's connecting with me, he's doing something. I've got to create some room in my life that I'm going to practice, that I'm going to create this and make this become a part of my life. That's when you start to see the roots start to go down. So in this case, the root hasn't gone down. They received it with joy, but they have no root. They believe for a while, and at a time of testing... Because that's the key thing. You see, if you live your whole life on the joy trip of like the next big thing to the next big thing, when it's no longer a positive feeling and a positive joy moment, when the poo comes in your life, oh, but this isn't it. I remember someone saying to me once, they were talking about the the will of God and and plans for their life and like ministry and calling and vocation and all that kind of stuff. And they just said to me, you know, if it doesn't feel like, like, I know God would just make it feel so good that it would just be so right that... If it's not feeling right, if it's not feeling good, then that's just not God. I was like, wow, so basically all the devil has to do is make you feel slightly uncomfortable and you're never going to step into what he has. Like, what's Jesus doing in the Garden of Gethsemane? Oh, Lord, I'm just waiting for you to make this feel right. (laughs) And then when these soldiers torture me, I'm just going to feel so much love and fuzziness that it's not going to be like I'm being tortured. You take that idea, you tap out early. When it's tested, when it's put under fire... You're out of there. You're out of there. In a time of testing, they fall away. As for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares, the riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. Oh my gosh, I think I've been this seed more than the others at any other time in my life. I think there's been some time where I've been the kind of rocky ground and I've kind of just left the word and I could tell you all the cool stuff about it but there's no real action in my life. I've been that a few times. The last one where there's been no roots, that's not really been me. I'm Levi Roots all day. That's just not me. But this one, oh my gosh. How many times have I been there where I'm like, yes, yes God, I'm doing this, I'm stepping this. Oh wait, there's something, there's something really good over here. (laughs) There's something really good over there. And then before you know it, you're like, why am I choking? Why is there no room for me to do this anymore? Why am I at this place where I'm like, I can't really move forward, I can't really grow? It's because I've allowed room for all these other things to flourish in my life. I haven't really allowed room for the thing that God called me to do to flourish in my life. Does that make sense? Yeah. So sometimes in life what happens is you and I create all the room in the world for every other thing to flourish except the thing that God calls us to do. So, I mean, this one, it's quite a specific thing because these seeds are being sown 
and we're growing in these circumstances, but we find ourselves getting chucked out. And then that's it, it's gone. I think too many times in my life I've choked. I've got to a really good place of God wanting to do something in my life and I've gone as far as I can go and then I've just got choked out. And then God's kind of like saying, well, until you start picking out these weeds, until you start removing the competition, until you start allowing me to flourish and water and nurture what it is I want to do in your life, you're only going to ever get so far. Choked out, go again, choked out, go again, choked out, go again. Some things in your life, maybe today one of the things you're going to need to do is to unweed a few things. On the app, if you're looking and you're going through the notes section, under each one there's a space to journal. If any of these particular ones, if you can relate to them at any stage of your time, if you want to journal that down, that's cool. If you don't, if you want to just write it down, the one that's maybe affecting you today, or if there is one of these that's affecting you today or applying to you, then just do that to, to take away with you because it's actually important that we reflect on these things because if we never reflect on which one we are right here, right now, you may be one that gets choked out and you may just keep on like Groundhog Day, stuck in this spiritual choking out of just getting to here, choking out, getting to here, choking out. And you know what? Today, I don't want that to be any of us. I want us to flourish. I want us to be like, what's coming? The pleasures of life and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who hearing the word hold it fast in an honest and good heart and they bear fruit with patience I love that so honest so honest is good honest is good so the, the, the seed comes God speaks a word to you and the way you connect with that word is, is with integrity is with honesty so God might be bringing a word to you that says like you know what you've got to cut that out you've got to remove that from your life you need to pull out this weed today because you're choking and I don't want you to choke anymore I want you to pull that out and you know what it is God's speaking to you that's the thing that's got to go with an honest heart, you go, yeah, God, you know what? You are so right. That's what happens. As he speaks a word, you start creating room for it. You start creating room. As you speak, as he speaks a word, you can either allow the word that God speaks in your life to get choked out, or you can create space for it. You've got to create space for God. They hold fast in an honest and in a good heart. And they bear fruit with patience. Man, patience, that last one just blew my mind this week when I was looking at that because you see, I think for me, patience has always been linked with passivity. Or actually, patience has always been seen for me as something I don't really have, like when I have patience for something, it's because it's normally something I don't have much intention of actually following through on, if I'm being honest. You guys may be all amazing patient people, like, but when I wanna do something, patience isn't something that is at the core of it. If there's something in me that I feel God really wants to do, I'm not very good at having patience. When I'm pursuing something and my kids are playing up, I don't have the patience. I don't have the patience. I don't, I don't have it. I don't. You guys might, I don't. Patience for me has always been seen as passivity and has been a space where I don't really have the intention to action this. But here for the good soil, the key things is being honest. That's huge. Because you see, all of us can be honest. Everyone can be honest. Everyone can receive a word from God and just connect with it and go, hey God, wow, yeah. Where I'm at right now, I'm not in that place. And as soon as you be honest, straight away, you're creating a good heart for that word. You're creating space for it. And now the next thing is to be patient with it. Because I don't know if any of you have ever grown anything. I grow stuff on my balcony all the time, all the time. I have been so 
patient, going out every single day, watering the plants, positioning them, because where we are, eighth floor, it gets windy, stuff gets knocked over, they will die. I go out, I'm looking after these things all the time. I'm stopping Aria from ripping the heads off the flowers all the time. I'm stopping her from uprooting the little ones that are growing and eating them. They're not even edible, but she just does that because she's two all the time. It's been months and months and months of me looking at dirt, putting water in and seeing this tiny little thing and almost next to nothing happen. But now I'm in August and now there are these flowers that are blooming, that are blossoming, that are growing. And there are those that have now started other ones around it that are starting to come out. And now what was a steel like drum, which was empty, is now full and vibrant with color, vibrantly green. The leaves are flourishing. And now I'm starting new ones off of that in other pots that are starting to grow and starting to break fruit. And I'm starting to see the beauty in the patience and in the process of being honest with where something is, being good hearted in taking care of this and nurturing it. You see, you and I are so often what we want more than anything else in this world is we wanna maybe, and this is why maybe this flourishes all around the Western world. You can call someone and they'll send you some magic holy oil or something. You can, you can text in, you can send a check for this amount of money and you'll get your miracle. All these kind of things are things that people do all the time. But actually what Jesus is saying is if God is speaking a word into your heart, if God is speaking a word into to you, the first thing you have to do is you've got to be honest about where you're at. You've got to create room where you're at with the honesty. You've got to remove some things. You've got to have good intentions and then you've got to be patient and you've got to keep being diligent, doing the same thing again and again. And then he says here, he says that, that as for in the good soil, they are those who hearing the word, hold fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. And it's said in the story that they would reap a hundredfold. A hundredfold. Do you know what's scary about this passage? I think this is why when we started, we were talking about Van Gogh and how he painted the sower 30 times. I want to finish on this one final point is what I love about Van Gogh is that Van Gogh in all 30 of his paintings, you can see the crops growing, you can see all these kind of things. You don't see any of the elements of the story. You don't see really the rocky ground. You don't really see any of these things. You just keep seeing the sower. You keep seeing the sower. You keep seeing the sower. You see, so often when we read this passage, we focus in on, am I just this type of ground? Is this all I'll ever be? Will I always be choked out? Will I always be the rocky ground where the birds of the air steal it away? Will I always be the one on the rocks where there's no moisture and I grow and then I'm gone? Will I always be these types of things? But Van Gogh's eyes aren't on any of the types of ground Van Gogh's eyes are on the sower and the good news is that the sower is sowing seed and the good news is he's gonna keep sowing seed and he's gonna keep on throwing seed. And so Van Gogh paints it again and again and again 30 different times and each of those times the focus is more on the sower than on anything else in the parable. I wanna encourage you today that the greatest thing you can do is put your focus on the sower rather than the circumstance of where you are. To put your eyes on Jesus and allow him to sow a good word into your life. And then when he sows it into your life, creating the space with honesty and integrity and with patience, knowing that he's going to bring about what he's going to bring about in your life. I want to pray for us today and then that'll be it. Father God, I thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness towards each and every single one of us. I thank you, God, that for many of us, we're at different points in the parable. For some of us, we may feel like, man, that seed just keeps on getting eaten up and stolen away. We know stuff about it, but... We don't really have that revelation, that excitement, that it's not alive in us anymore. We've never really lived it out. 
for some of us Scarborough on that rocky ground, there's no moisture and it just, it just fizzles. It grows a little bit, but it just fizzles, it goes away. But some of us, it's been choked out. We've grown to, to such a height, but then the point is we never go beyond that because we allow all the cares, all the things around us to become more important and they choke out everything you're doing in our lives. And when a plant gets choked out, it just feels like it can't go on anymore. It can't move forward. It can't go any taller than it is. That's kind of where, God, we need to invite you to come and start pulling out the weeds. And Father, I just pray for some of us today who maybe feel choked out again and again and again in our lives. Father, I pray you start to speak to us individually, pointing out the areas where we need to remove the weeds. Would you remove the weeds in our hearts? Would you remove the weeds in our lives, in our habits, in our systems, in the way we approach life? That we can create space for you to grow and flourish in and through us because that's the only way we will truly be alive. And Father, I thank you for some of us today, Lord, we're gonna, we're gonna be good soil. We're gonna do just two very, very simple things. We're gonna be honest about where we're at with who we are and who you are. And with a good heart through honesty, we're gonna create that space and that room. And we're gonna give you patience, Lord. We're gonna give you the time needed knowing that actually what you wanna grow in us is bigger than our comprehension. And it's not just for us, but it's a hundredfold that other people can experience the same goodness that you do in us. I pray today, Lord, that those of us who need to be sowed into a fresh, you would sow into us by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We really hope you enjoyed today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. Yeah.